0: Hola, amigos. This is Billy Sheehan, your bass player with the Winery Dogs. You listen to me right here on the Brutally Delicious Podcast. One, two, three. Four. The Brutally Delicious Podcast. The Brutally Delicious Podcast. The Brutally Delicious Podcast. The Brutally Delicious
1: Podcast. Good to finally catch up with you. My pleasure. Been a long time. I remember seeing Talis back in like mid eighties at Lamore in Brooklyn. Oh legendary shows, yeah. Yeah. Hey, do you have video at all? Yeah. There it is. Ah, sweet. Yeah, legendary shows back at LaMore. Yeah, we uh we wouldn't go on stage until one AM. I was thinking about that the other day, like um living in New York, some of those shows. I mean, you like you said, it's one o'clock midnight, one o'clock, even later. We are getting home like four, four thirty. <laughs> and then, i couldn't uh, do that now if i tried no kidding same here <laughs> <laughs> our crew would be loading out after the show and the sun would be coming up yeah isn't that crazy and a yeah. was such a great place like legendary Fantastic. oh it's great i loved it so anyway let's talk about the winery dogs all right so our new album three i guess released last week what's been the response so far overwhelming
0: we uh number three on the national on the all-inclusive charts on amazon oh wow unbelievable so uh uh, and uh number one on the hard rock charts i i haven't had time to check on it lately because i've been responding to my social media comments and uh emails and it's uh, you know uh no joke it's really been a pleasantly uh, a
1: pleasant surprise it was quite overwhelming and that's pretty cool though right because after like uh, i think it was about seven years since the last record right yeah in the possibly. weird in the weird culture we live in where the attention span is like 30 seconds it's nice to be like fully accepted that many years later people can't remember what happened last week let alone. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know i mean you look at this like the one song 30 seconds people listen to and then they move on so that's great that you're you know fully accepted and back in, in swing again
0: yeah, it's very nice. Well, we have some incredible fans. Uh, and we're pretty close with them. Our first tour, we did a, we took a break and did a, a camp, you know, where we got together and had musicians come, and we'd play with them and fans and at this uh, setting in upstate New York and uh, jam-packed with people. We made a lot of lifelong friends, really. And so we've always been really close with our audience anyway, so that's, that's really nice to see. And they've been very kind
1: to us uh, as witness, uh, this week. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned tour, you guys are getting ready to go out on the road again. What's it like preparing post pandemic or getting ready to get back out there again? Good question. It's chaos. Cause I haven't been, I haven't
0: played in three years. So, uh, I had to get all my gear together, my wireless together, my bass pedals together, my bases, uh, you name it, all kinds of stuff I had to do. So I've been working flat out for about the last two weeks. Finally, everything's about ready to be uh, uh, picked up, packed and picked up. Uh, and then we, uh, our first show is the 15th, I believe, in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Right. And that's a great spot for us. I remember back in the in the, in the the days, uh, we were talking earlier, the more days, there's a club there called Stage One, and we used to play there all the time and a uh, great city for music uh area there uh in greensburg it's right outside of pittsburgh so we're that's a nice place to start
1: nice so i know you're a professional been doing this for most of your life or whatever but do you have any nerves after being or concerns after being uh you know away from playing live for so long or is it just gonna be like riding a bike oh it's very much like riding a bike i've done it thousands
0: of times right. literally and probably I know I'm over five thousand gigs. I'm pretty sure I'm over five thousand gigs and wow. pushing, pushing six thousand. So, uh, so it becomes second nature. But it's more of a, a, a anticipation and excitement, you know, to just to get up on that deck again. And that's that's my thing. I, I I live to play live, and I play live to live. That was I'm never a studio guy or anything like that. As if you get get me on a proper tour bus, I could probably tour indefinitely and never stop, you know, it's, right. it's, uh, it's,
1: as long as I got laundry done at some point or another. <laughs> <laughs> so we mentioned that a little bit earlier, but, you know, you've been in this for so long. Do you do you, uh, is it difficult to get on the road and do this because of, you know, we I mean, were all getting up in age, right? Do you prepare differently or?
0: No, I'm, I'm in pretty good shape. Amazingly, I, I'm very thankful for that. My health is good. No problems. Uh, I'm uh, still excited about this thing, this base. Uh, I'd be driving my car somewhere. I get an idea. Oh, I got to get home and try this, you know? So, uh, I'm so thankful for that. I don't know where it comes from or how it got built into me, but I'm just still fascinated with this. I can sit with it for hours. I get up, feed the cat, come down here in my little studio and work for hours. And I get my uh, iPhone with me and I'll put it on selfie video and I'll play to the phone. Okay. Here's the thing. Uh, different than the last thing but now we do it in a minor key and you know just uh, just all this bass ideas song ideas uh riffs and licks and i got my uh my iphone iPhone is pretty jammed with videos of me some some sitting there in my underpants so (laughs) it will remain private don't worry we don't want to see those you don't (laughs) (laughs) but uh, uh i'm still excited about playing and uh a few years ago, a guy wrote to me and said, I've, I've, I've been playing bass for six months and I'm bored. What should I do? And I wrote back, quit. Yeah, give it up. I'm if here. you don't
1: have that kind of excitement, it's not worth it, right? No kidding.
0: I, I've been doing it for 56, 57 years now. And uh, I'm still it's still exciting. There's still so many new things to learn. It's
1: unbelievable. You and, couldn't uh, have imagined when you started, though, that you'd be this far into it, right? No, I, I, I didn't. But I. Uh, it's,
0: again, I'm super thankful for that. However, that's built into me. Right. That's been a real saving grace because, uh, uh, and in the worst of times, pick this up and go, I tell people, yeah, I played bass a long time ago. I'm not, not doing well in life. And I said, well, oh, go back to ba- play. It's the best therapy in the world or guitar or drums or piano, or whatever it is. Uh, it's really a, a wonderful thing. And I think it's a, a great mental exercise that, Shows up in abstract ways and other things. I mean, you're mapping things out. There's arithmetic to it. There's logic to it. There's tones and frequencies and identification of sounds. And it's it's a it's overall a wonderful thing. I wish we had music in schools now, like we did when I was young. There was. Right. Music appreciation and uh, band and uh, stuff like that doesn't exist anymore. But it's really a great thing for people. There's a wonderful book called "This Is Your Brain on Music." I forgot the author's name, but I had written about it, and he wrote to me, and we had a wonderful uh, back and forth. And it just tells like what you know how what a great advantage it is to play music, to know music, to listen, even to be a fan to listen. and and, and I'm sure you have music going on in your head. All the time, right? All the time, it's unbelievable. That that's just kind of a good thing. I, I I have a a massive amount, and it's incredible how quickly my memory will come back with the slightest little inclination of a hint of something. I remember I hadn't listened to Disraeli Gears by Cream in probably twenty five or thirty years, and I uh, was in L.A. and I I got a copy on some format. I think it was cassette at the time, right? The moment, the first snare hit of
1: Strange Brew hit, I instantly remember the entire record. Because I listened Music to the has the craziest way of doing that. I mean, you can automatically put on, you know, for me, it's a Judas Priest record or whatever. And all of a sudden I'm like back in high school and oh, it's amazing. where I was. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. We, um, and in that particular book, they talk about how uh, old folks, like in old folks' homes that are having a tough time, and just sitting in the corner, zombie-like, find out their age, Go to the songs that were popular when they were 16, play those, watch them light up. Wow. More often than not, they're like, oh, yeah, I, I remember this. Come right back to life. My mom, uh, rest her soul, she was on her deathbed, literally. It wasn't an unpleasant scene. We, she had lived a great life, and she wasn't in pain, and it was a natural thing. And the family was there, and we're kind of standing around and, you know, trying to make small talk and comfort her. My sister says, you got your, your laptop with you? I said, yeah. He goes, Put some Sinatra on. I did, man. My mom. Oh yeah, she remember the the song. Who wrote it? You know, his, uh, all the details about his band. Like instantly, That's it was kind of a direct line to your recall uh based on music. Pretty yes. amazing.
1: And you sort of tapped on it a minute ago, but it's also super cathartic, right? Play, listening everything.
0: Yeah, it's all. Being, being a fan, a listener, a musician itself, uh, toying around with a little instrument once in a while, getting an idea but to be able to pick out a melody on on uh, piano keys—quite uh, awesome. We see now on the internet, we see kids that are like five and six years old, you know, playing Rachmaninoff, right, <laughs> with one hand—you know, uh, amazing. I love seeing that. It's uh, just yeah, a, advancing man. the cause completely. I think.
1: How does the uh, writing process go about for you guys? I know you're probably all separated across the country, right? Is it mostly like sending stuff back and forth? Or do you ever get in a room?
0: No, we got in a room only. That's how we did it. Oh, nice. uh, I think that reflects on this record. And I do believe, I hope, uh, that that is the reason why people have taken to it so strongly. Because it is a real record, a natural record, done old school, together in a room. I got an idea. How's this baseline? Uh, Here's a beat what chord what key is that in richie play a chord and do some scat singing on top and bang uh, there we got the skeleton of a song working a little bit more it's done record it we got it all done in a tiny little very uncomfortable room (laughs) we laugh at rich we laugh at rich all the time because his the house he had before the one he has now the room was very small and had these little chairs and they're, they're like chairs that somebody got from a when a school got taken down. So it was a really uncomfortable, wooden, hard thing. Nice. We used to call them the torture chairs. We said, so you had to start to write good, or you'd be in pain. <laughs> so we go to his new house. He got this beautiful, nice, big new house. And uh, the room is a—it's actually smaller, I think. And I'm, I had to sit on a little amp. Mike symbol was right about here next to my ear, and we were jammed in. But it's funny, and it's cool, and we don't mind. And its uh, I love working with a group of people to work on a song. Uh, yes. Piece by piece, idea by idea, and a great thing happens. I believe uh, that everybody contributes to the song. So later on, as you're playing the song, or if the song happens to become a hit or become popular, that's all part of, of all of you. You know, it's right. it's uh, no one's left out. Where a lot of times, some guy will come with one song and he wrote it and he did everything. We're playing it, and you know, it's you're really you know I enjoy playing it and my bass part is on there and that's good. But you know, I. I would have changed the way they did that chorus, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I couldn't say anything, you know? This in way the, we can.
1: Yeah, and in the end, I think it's more organic and more immediate, and I, I think you're right, people probably notice. And I think, I, I'm certainly not
0: comparing myself or any or anyone I know it to the Beatles, but they were a template for a lot of things. They were one of the first bands to start writing their own songs. Uh, and uh, Elvis didn't write a song, Sinatra didn't write a song. The, the the big phenomenon before the Beatles, which was Sinatra, Elvis, and then the Beatles. Uh, but uh, the the idea that um, they they were the template for for many many things. And the, how many recordings there are of them in the room working out parts. Right. And they they do it, and you you hear the producer. Uh, I forgot his name. Uh, Beatles producer Martin Sir sir george martin yeah um uh, uh would say you, know, you hear uh, 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 what was it uh what song na 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 na, na. from me to you for me yeah. to you take three and you hear them. two three and you stop wait wait wait. no no i thought okay all right me to you take four and and, and they're in there working it out and it's a and and those songs live
1: on um, yes we live on forever it was a fabulous documentary just recently on i, I didn't know, see it I, I thank you for reminding me yeah on netflix one of those places and i can't even remember the name off the top of my head but it was fabulous and it does everything you just said they're all just sitting in the room and you know john's late or something to the rehearsal and the rest of them are working out ideas but they're just sitting in the circle yep you know just going and ah, i don't like this rhythm or i don't like this melody and it's great yeah really great i've got a, lot, a huge extensive uh
0: collection of bootlegs and my my beetle folder is massive and i've got uh george harrison working out uh while my guitar gently weeps with john lennon and oh, they're wow. just sitting, they're sitting on the couch and it's funny because john's singing it differently right later, later they adjusted to the way george was singing it but it was just together with them, uh, so that's what that's what we did. Not because we were trying to do that, but just because we all happen to like it. And I trust Mike and Richie's ideas. Hopefully, they trust mine. And
1: uh, uh, working together is a real joy. And you guys all produced it together. Is that was that difficult? No, piece of cake. Uh, we're all
0: of the same mind, so there's no there's none of that. There's no real. Uh, pushback you know and if somebody has a, a an idea and i don't feel feel too strongly about it i'll let it go i'll let it go and uh then later i found out you know what they were right, <laughs> right. maybe i, I shouldn't open my big mouth and uh and another odd things happen sometimes i go i'm gonna say something but now nah, i'll let it go I'll let it go and then unknown to me they changed it to the way i was gonna say it so oh really it's a funny funny odd all year. on the
1: same wavelength yes it must be <laughs> i I really enjoy the fact that you guys released like a full record and took the time to sequence it and do that sort of thing, because the whole music business has changed, right? We're getting, you know, singles every six weeks and people listen to 30 seconds, but old school people like me love that and because there's a whole art form in sequencing as well, right? True. It's like a movie, uh, scene by scene. Uh, we
0: generally open up a record with a barn burner. Hey, everybody wake up. Cause generally you'll start your show with the first song on your first record right? on, on your newest record. Rather. And, uh, so that's always a good thing. And then there's a car chase and a love scene and, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, a mystery part, a uh, character, uh, definition, uh, that happens in, within a movie. And I think, uh, it's funny that movies now that are paced oddly where they start with near the end and then they go back and show you then they jump to another time do the oddball timeline it's kind of an interesting thing but sometimes it's really what you know why are you making us jump through hoops in order to watch the movie and figure the story out could you just tell a great story well maybe they don't have a great story so they're going to make it all convoluted so that you you think it happened i don't know but I, i i do like the idea of a record sequence and uh, Mike Portnoy is our sequencer. He, uh, he specializes in that. He's a real movie buff, too. And I think that, that uh, reflects because you, you pace things out. Yeah,
1: I've it's, never heard it kind of the analogy like that, but it totally makes sense.
0: Cool. And a live show, same thing. I've gone to see bands that have like a just the worst setlist as far as pacing goes uh uh and and it kind of even though i love the band i love the songs I go no it should go like this right you really can make it an exciting uh, night if, if things are paced properly so we we make sure to to pay attention to that pacing and that would also be uh uh, uh related to the sequencing on an album and us old folks uh when we listen to a record we put it on side one to play flip it over and play side two
1: and you read the liner notes and you read yeah. the lyrics and where it was recorded and who you thanked. I mean, that's all a, like a, a process for me anyway. Exactly.
0: And I think uh, that that in itself is kind of a, a an incredible form of entertainment,
1: the immersion into
0: an artist's work.
1: Right. Even uh, before the Internet, before anything else, you could be totally immersed into everything you guys wanted to get across, I guess.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people still realize that. I see now the uh, uh, resurgence of vinyl, uh, where, where people want to put that needle on and let it go. There's your playlist. The playlist is the artist playlist. It's because uh, it he, he sequenced it and right. uh, I'm flip it over and do that. Uh, it's. Uh, I think it's a good thing. There will always be people that like that. There will always be people that uh, remember that
1: form. Uh, it may be there may be less and less of them, but they will always be there. I believe. I hope as, so because it's as, definitely. Uh... Missed, as far as I'm concerned, because people like my son are always kind of just, you know, give me the thirty seconds and then I'm moving on. They have this zero attention span.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, anything can change, and anything can change quickly culturally. Uh, that could change very easily at some point and could go slip back to way, the way it was right. in some form. And we've seen that before with other cultural uh, trends or ideas or things where it goes and you think, oh my god, and all of a sudden it's gone. We don't have it anymore. It's out of fashion and it's, it's gone. Well, this isn't so much fashion we're talking about. This is a, a real, it's like going to an art museum, walking from painting to painting. Those are probably past too. I don't know, but I would bet, bet they are. When you walk in, they want you to see that one, and the next one is that one. We might be right, one is yeah. that one. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, so uh, I, I think it has a, a, uh, a book. It's the same thing. You know, yeah. you, how how you sequence that. So it, it is definitely a part of that. When you tell a story, uh, even a, a verbal storytelling is like that. So I think that'll always be there. And I believe uh, uh, the pandemic with people sitting around at home, uh, in their homes, and they couldn't go anywhere, we saw a, a lot of people thinking things through a little differently than they had before.
1: I, I 100% agree. And I, I'll let you go shortly. But I was thinking just the other day that... I think we're going to see like you mentioned the pandemic, but I think we're going to see like an artistic renaissance because everybody was at home like perfecting and honing in on their craft and not just in music, but you're going to see and you're seeing it now. Some of my favorite bands are putting out some of the best works they've ever done. You're going to oh, see great. art and literature and everything, right?
0: I, I believe so. Yeah, I would get up, feed the cat, come down here to my little studio and, work. and hit, it, hit it for hours and rediscover things i have forgotten, fine-tune things that I abandoned, and come up with all kinds of things. And I, I, uh, I'll see how it goes on the live shows, but already I feel way more confident with a lot more new things and new ideas and new approaches. So uh, there's a silver lining to that very, very
1: dark cloud. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. But that brings me to the end of my questions. Um, what do you guys have? You're going to, this tour takes you quite a ways, right? Yeah, we're out for
0: most all this year and it's spilling into next year now. And uh, the fact that the record is doing so well means uh, even more promoters from different countries and areas are contacting us right. for days. So it's going to be a long year, uh, but I'm ready for
1: that. I'm I mean, ready it's to good. Go. It's better than sitting home for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Absolutely. Awesome. I want to thank you for taking the time and for your contributions to the uh, the hard rock scene. Like I said, been a fan forever. Great to speak yeah. with you. Very kind of you, Bruce. Uh, thank
0: you for having me on, and uh, uh, wishing you the best. And uh, if you get out, if we're playing near you anywhere, come on out to a show. And uh, my best to your listeners.
1: And uh, thanks for having me. Thank you, my friend. Stay safe on tour, and we'll talk to you soon. You got Bye. it, man. Thanks. To be, be well. right well. Bye. Hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? 020-D.com soundtalentmedia.com or on your favorite podcast app.